What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Fred Moore. Good to have you. Uh, thank you for tuning into the podcast and, and making it a regular thing in your life. I am feeling all the love, and believe me, I'm going to keep this going forever because I love it so much. And the, one of the reasons why is because of the great interviews, and I get to meet people that I am so excited to talk to such as Serena Elizabeth, Steel Mace Gypsy. She's calling into the show today, and uh, we're going to talk about everything, like I like to do. And so, you know, guys, check it out. Serena, she's, um, you, you all know her. She's been uh, doing so much with her life in such a short amount of time, and it's amazing to see. And the conversation that we have is amazing. So you're going to enjoy it. Before we go, you know the deal. I got a couple of sponsors. I want you to hear about them. I want you to check them out. The first sponsor is Addix Mason Clubs. Uh, Addix jumped on board. They said, hey, guys, let's, uh, you know, let's do a sponsorship. And I couldn't think of a better sponsor because I use an Addix in the gym that I work out at. And I love using it. It's an awesome mace. It's adjustable. Um, you know, check it out online. You look it up. You can see it yourself. If you've never actually seen anybody using one before, it's a little different than the typical steel mace. And it's just another tool in the toolbox. But when you try swinging one of these things, you will be amazed. And um, the other sponsor is Ongo Energy Spray. I know you guys have heard me talking about that before. And that's another product that I use. Um, it's caffeine spray, but what's so great about it is that you don't have to drink a cup of coffee. You don't have to drink an energy drink. Uh, you could ditch all that stuff and you could just take three sprays, get 75 milligrams of caffeine. It works in about three minutes and you could, you know, use it before you go do a workout or you could, if you're falling asleep at the wheel on a long drive, you know, take a couple of sprays and, and hopefully it'll keep you awake. But, you know, otherwise it's an awesome product. Check them out, too. It's Ongo Energy Spray. Uh, there's a discount code, SteelMace25. You use that, get 25% off your purchase. And check out the podcast. I love finding out the backstory, you know, everybody's lives, you know, before the Steel Mace and all that. And yeah. I saw you jamming out when you were 19. Yeah, I think it was, I was like, I had just turned 19 or uh, or 20. I was had just moved to um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where my mom was living. Um, I grew up in a small town called Grants. It's a little mining town. And um, right around that time, I'd, was, I had turned 18. I was homeschooled for high school and, you know, super, super sheltered kid. And it's funny, I never realized how sheltered I was till I moved to Austin <laughs> until this past uh, year. And I had a, like a slow... Um, but surely, slowly, slowly, but surely had a midlife crisis in my 20s because <laughs> I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, which is great. I love it now. Well, slow, because like, Austin, part of it. Austin overwhelmed you. Is that what it was? Yeah. You yeah. know, I had a lot of change happen in the past um, year and a half. So um, it, it was a lot to take in. Yeah. But um, I, no, I got my 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 start of like my independence started when I you know, moved out of my godparents' house, which was a huge deal for me because um, of my relationship with them and like how I grew up. I was very close with them um, in some ways. And so um, being able to like have the courage and have the strength to say, hey, I want to move to Albuquerque um, was a big deal for me. And I was moving because I wanted to become a massage therapist. And um, so they let me go, which was cool. And um, my mom uh, was actually living in Albuquerque. So I moved in with her. Uh, my biological mother. And um, so I moved in with her, brought all my stuff, of course, had to bring the guitar and the piano. And so um, for a while there, I didn't have a job and I didn't have a car. So I'd like walk around during the day and go apply for jobs. And then I'd walk back to the apartment, make myself some lunch and just like make tunes for the rest of the afternoon and evening. Like I was very much of a night, uh, a night owl. So like I, I know a lot of a lot of musicians, a lot of creative people tend to stay up late at night, yeah. and that's no, no different for me. And even now, I still like slightly struggle with it. Um, you know, sometimes I just I 
I wake up and the creative juices are flowing. Only now it's it's writing, it's music, and it's mace. I've swung mace at like two in the morning. And I'm sure there's some other people out there that have done the same. It's just like, oh, that move, I got to go do that before I lose it. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I spent my time with music and started getting back. In, I've always been in fitness. Um, my goddad was my first coach. And he was a martial artist. And he actually ran a dojo. Um back in Illinois. And then when we moved, um, I was originally, I'm originally from out East. I was born in Missouri. That's where my mom met my godparents and we all moved out to Mexico together. And, um, so he started teaching me, um, basically he, he never taught me a lot of like defensive or attack moves for martial arts. It was a lot of stances and it was also, um, more of the, um, the lifestyle of it. Like I lived a very traditional, um, martial arts lifestyle of like the respect I had to do all the chores and take care of like the house and stuff like that. Um, so it definitely was a different type of upbringing. Um, but it's one that I wouldn't change even when there was, even though there was like bad stuff in it as well. Um, because that's who, that's what made me me, you know, and I like who I am. Um, so I wouldn't change an ounce of my story because I think I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> So do a lot of um, other people think you're cool. So <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's it's one thing for other people to say, Oh, you're so awesome, you're such an inspiration, so on and so forth. But like you gotta recognize that in yourself in order to um be that person. You know, it's you know we we constantly the, the little voice in our head that talks to us talks differently to everyone else than than it does to ourselves, right? And so that's one thing I tell my students in my classes. Um, what's that little voice in your head telling you? How do you talk to yourself? Oh, you talk pretty shitty to yourself, huh? Mm -hmm. Then, but you talk nice to everybody else. Well, you talk nice to everybody else, but why would you talk to yourself like that if you can't think of ever talking to another human being like that? And they're like, huh? And so that's what I did, you know. So I, on a daily, I talk, I do say things to tell myself, like, I love myself and you are cool and you are doing good stuff and so on and so forth. And then we get into an argument about it and then we don't talk for a while. It's, yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> Who wins that argument, right? <laughs> um, depends. Sometimes the other voice wins. Most of the time I win, though, because I'm mean. <laughs> I'm mean to that voice. I don't let it. I don't let it fuck around. Oh, can I kiss down. on here? Uh, yeah, go Am ahead. Am I allowed to yeah. drop some? A couple you're, here and there, I might. You're not only saying it, but you're writing it as you drink your coffee. <laughs> so we got the the words, <laughs> audio, and the visual. If you don't well, know you how can, to spell. You, you know, you can, like, blur that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, yeah, so that's interesting what you're saying, though, um, about, you know, that mindset. And then you alluded to how sometimes it's even a challenge for yourself, even though – you are a strong coach and this is what you do. We're all human, right? And and mm -hmm. we get we get sucked back in sometimes. We forget, right? For sure. How do you catch sure. yourself? Like what's what's do you have any techniques, tactics where like if you start getting in a shitty mood or start feeling kind of negative and maybe you're talking to yourself in a poor way, is there a way mm -hmm. that you could recognize it quickly or it just it has to just come out of uh, I guess constantly doing it it does take um it does take constantly doing it for a while and in um in the strong coach you know we worked on the personal development first before we got into the business side of it um and that was the part that was the part that i took hold of first um you know i'm, I'm currently mentoring a coach in the strong coach that he's going through the program and it's a great way for me to reflect back on my journey and one of the things that i told him was like you know because he's struggling with we're in the money part of it and you know every a lot of people have issues their relationship with money sucks and mine does it still does um i call it um it's in transition though because it's mm -hmm. getting better yeah. um, but for me when it comes to that little voice can play into anything, right? It's not simply reserved for um, a personal situation, a business situation, a relationship. That little voice follows you in everything. So it's very, very important, especially if it really controls your life like it was doing mine, to, um, to start combating it right away or start getting it, not necessarily even combating it, but start getting it to work for you. And so for me, it was, it was really hard. Like once that little voice popped up or once I got, 
like it felt like a like literally like a trigger like someone flipped a switch in me and I was like I couldn't I couldn't I had no defenses against this you know and so we started writing things out the biggest thing that you can do for yourself is write these thoughts down and write out what this voice is telling you and look at it because it's easy to believe something that you can't see and it's internalizing but once you put it on paper that is real that is now no longer just a subconscious or conscious thought in your head that is on paper that is in this world and now you have the power to get rid of it wow. um so for me a lot of it too was writing all this negativity down and burning it or tearing it up yeah. like physically if you can get rid of that in the physical world it does something for you in in your heart like I feel a release, you know, and, and I don't get to do that all the time. That's, that's probably like a quarterly thing, you know, or whenever I'm like, man, I feel like I got a lot of shit or I notice my journal entries are getting a little bit more negative. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Write it all out, burn it, peace out. Right. Um, day to day though, it's become my mantra. You know, my first mantra that I wrote was with Mike Bledsoe. And I had no idea what a mantra was. I was like, what? You say words and this is supposed to make you feel better? <laughs> okay. You know. It's kind of hard but to it's believe. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I don't want anyone to think that like, you know, I just drank some Kool-Aid and I believed it and I'm better. Right. Um, you're not, the word better or the words healed, completely perfect. No, we're humans. Right. Like, yeah, we're, we're, like, it's like we're designed to fuck shit up. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're designed to, but it's just a matter of what we do with it. Right. Like, right. If mm -hmm. you could beat yourself up because you fuck something up, or you can actually learn from it and say, mm -hmm. thank God I screwed this up right now because I could yes. turn this around and make it better for my future. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, my first mantra was stemming around um, some childhood stories that I had told Mike and things that were holding me back. Like I've never felt like I belonged anywhere, you know, with my godparents, they were the primary caretakers of me. And my mom was kind of like pushed out of the picture for a while. And um, I grew up thinking she hated me or didn't want me. And then they didn't really want me. <laughs> they, um, they did their best with me. Um, but I was definitely it was like one day you're family, one day you're a family friend, you're just someone we take care of. So it was very confusing for me as a child. So like, I never really knew where I fit in. And of course, growing, I grew up um, it, as a minority. Um, there was primarily Hispanics and uh, Native Americans in the town that I grew up in. And that never really meant a hill of beans to me. Um, you know, they were my friends. And that was the society and the culture that I grew up in. I love the Hispanic culture, like a lot of the a lot of my friends' moms and grandmas have instilled a lot of great qualities in me. Um, but being the little white girl, like people didn't really like me and I didn't really understand. And now I do. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, sorry. I, you know, it wasn't me, my people, I get it. But um, it was really hard because even going to school, like I would be, and I was also very weird. How, <laughs> how, how, how surprise, they... surprise. <laughs> Well, everybody goes through like weird phases and stuff like right. that, but you, you know, you have to see what comes out the other end, but how did, yeah. um, how did, how was it that you were, were you discriminated against? Is that the right word by, by you? I don't want to say discriminated against. How did you get treated then? It's just, you were treated I a little I just different. was like, I, like, it was like, you know, I, I mean, I've been called like stupid white girl and like names like that and stuff like that in right. school. And I just thought it was part of it. You know, I was like, whatever, you're an idiot too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there was, there was a little bit of it. It wasn't as bad back then, you know, I think as it is now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just because it's a more prevalent issue that we are trying to address, right? We're trying to overcome this, not just bury it underneath the carpet, right. you know? Um, and so it was one of those, like back then it was just like, someone would call somebody a derogatory term and then that was it, you know? Cause I mean, I definitely heard other people call in like the Hispanic people, names and so on and so forth like it was like we didn't think anything of over we we're like 10 uh, right <laughs> we just heard what our we just heard what our parents said and so we thought it was cool and so we'd say it to each other right. you know so i can't say if it was discrimination or if it was just like hey i was the weird kid because i was i was the tomboy that turned into a punk kid that turned into a goth into heavy metal and just like then i was homeschooled so that made it way worse <laughs> <laughs> um you know but growing up and stuff like that like you don't hear I didn't hear anything about like mantras or how to talk to yourself or we don't learn that stuff you know so when it came to when it came time to do it with Mike it was very interesting like I was, I was like okay I'm open to this like I'm a writer 
Um, but you want me to write something about like me, my mommy issues and my daddy issues and stuff like that. So like the first line that it was of my mantra was, um, I belong. And I changed it to, I belong to myself. Cause if you belong to yourself and you take care of yourself, like you nurture, you foster that, um, relationship with yourself to take care of yourself. I mean, that is a lot of security. That is a lot, that is very, very powerful to know you have your own back, right? Because we still have those little moments in our head where we're, say we're trying to accomplish something, like I'm going to be the world's greatest steel mace artist and I can fly, you know? And there's that voice that goes, well, maybe we can't. I don't, I don't know if we should. This is scary. This is hard. Um, Maybe we should just go back to bed, right? When you, when I recite my mantra and I tell myself I belong to myself, that little voice no longer has sway because I know the, I know the journey that I have been through to get here and I didn't come this far to only come this far, you know? So that little voice, it's going to come up and it, and it's, and sometimes it's valid, you know, it's that little like, Hey, check yourself. Hey, check yourself. And that's where I put it as, and that's what I've, I've given it a job, if you will, instead of trying to destroy a part of me, I'm giving it room to be what it is. Um, and also foster it in such a way that it can be used as a tool, not as a hindrance, you know? Um, and so that's, that's a big one for me is just like looking at it as not a bad thing and looking at it as how can I use this to better myself or to help myself? Um, and so it, I mean, it takes a while. You have to look at your, yourself as it's you and another person in your head. Yes, it comes from you, but it is very different. Um, and I've been reading a book called The Untethered Soul, and they talk about that, like the, there being you, the actual person, and that voice in your head isn't you, but it's another. And so kind of looking at it like that is like you have a roommate in your head is yeah. what they say. Yeah, right. Um, so it's like very, very deep. It's a very deep book, and it like may, it sets shit off in your head, and it's like, holy moly, I never, I never thought about picturing myself like this or picturing my mind like this. Um, so in addition to like the writing and getting it out and constantly just like being in my head, you got to get in there, you know, as scary as it is, or as like, as much as you, the thing you don't want to do, that's the thing you should do yes. because that's probably going to be the thing that's going to take you to the next level. Like you're right there against like, you're grinding your face against that wall trying to break through. Well, the door's right next to you. You just don't see it because you're grinding your face against it. So like take a step back, get some perspective open the door and step through like let's go that's you know? a great and analogy so, uh, i love that analogy <laughs> it's so true yeah. that's so spot on <laughs> a lot of that's trademarked that's that's my trade no i'm just kidding <laughs> you just came up with I that, that. You, you should but yeah. that, that should be um a quote you do on instagram and put that right on there with your name attached to it I know. Hashtag gypsy state of mind. Um, God. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I mean, you know, and second to that is second to the writing practice, because that was the first thing that came for me. Right. I was a musician. That's how I expressed expressed myself. I would write things down and write songs. And then, you know, um, I had a whole music store to my at my disposal. Um, I grew up in music. My everyone from my blood family plays and then my godparents and their children played. And we opened up a music store when I was, um, gosh, I think like 10 or 11. And I started playing piano when I was like nine and then got into guitar because of my god brothers. And, um, you know, I grew up listening to Metallica and Guns N' Roses and country. I hated um, rock and roll for a really long time, by the way. I just have to throw that out there because it's really? hilarious because I'm such a I'm a metalhead. Yeah. Like it doesn't tra- it doesn't you don't see it on Instagram because I flow to a lot of like EDM music, but I'm a huge metalhead. And so people and and like class now we call it classic rock and roll. Jesus, yeah, um, right. like Metallica and Guns N' Roses. It's so weird to say that. Yeah. Um, but they were my teachers, you know, and oh they God. gave me. <laughs> this it, it, this is so huge. This is, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Metallica, those guys are like 10 years older than me. So they were like my big brothers growing up mm-hmm. i've been listening to them since yeah. i was like like so young and everything like I, I, I there's so many times in my life where i'm like if it wasn't for metallica i wouldn't be thinking this way and it's a, mm-hmm. it's things like um uh you only live once 
So take all of the chances. Don't don't end up like others. Same song and dance. In eighth, yeah. In eighth grade, that was from Kill 'Em All. In eighth grade, I was like listening to that, and I was like, "That's the way I want to be. If that's the way those mm-hmm. guys are, that's the way I want to be." And I don't want to hear nothing from nobody about like, "Oh, <laughs> metal is like negative. It's all about death and dying or whatever." That's all bullcrap. Mm-hmm. There's so much positive stuff, and yes, it, there's a little bit of anger to it. But growing up. Who isn't angry when you're growing up, right? Yeah. So exactly, exactly, and that's and that's simply them um, sharing with the world their perspective of the world. Yes. You know, and the things that they have been through, um, and 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 that's a beautiful thing. It it really is. And if you can see it, and if you can see it for that, that's awesome. But if you can relate to it even better, if it helps you, hell yeah, you know. And, and I, I, I don't think those guys were ever trying to, like, be bad influences or anything like oh. that. They were just being who they are. Right. And that's with a lot of celebrities. And I'm, and I'm not saying that I condone a lot of the behavior that celebrities do. I think some of it is god-awful. But at the end of the day, look at their situation. It's, um, you know, they were either a young person, got famous really quick, got a lot of money really quick. And then it's like, well, now what the fuck do I do with my life, you know? So, I mean, that, and then you're in a public eye. Right. You have millions of people watching you. Yeah. And so it's like it can't even be a kid or you can't be you're not a regular person. Let's be honest. They're not regular people. They try to be. They try. And they're regular maybe at their level or at their stature. But it's a completely different world, you know. And um, and that's where someone like I'm on a smaller platform, but I recognize that. And I realize that, especially with social media growing and me wanting to be a leader in this community of fitness um yeah i'm definitely a little bit more mindful of how i present myself um i'm not going to uh, do something fake you know but i am going to censor some things especially because i know i do have a, a small children audience yes it's it's, a, it's there right. it's like usually the kids of like the people that swing me so they're already like in tune and like used to freaking the crazy antics of their parents so yeah. i'm just another person but still you know i want them to see that especially the girls yes you know, i'm glad the, the- i'm glad that you are mindful of that because i show my daughter who's six years old your videos all the time yeah because you you move you're incredible you know it's just you're, <laughs> the way you move is it, it's the best and my daughter does a little you know mace um she, yeah. she knows how to do a night shield flow she knows how to do yeah. 360s i bought her a little wood mace um and i show and she does ballet and she does oh, right on. She, gymnastics so the way you move you know you have your i guess you have some ballet influences right <clears throat> yeah i have a little bit of a dance background i mean um, it looks like you have a lot of it the way you move <laughs> no i um yeah, I, so it's, it's very, I'm a very, like, I'm all over the place when it comes to music, when it comes to hobbies, when it comes to, like, what I wanted to do with my life. Like, I'm surprised that I've settled. I've landed on fitness and massage, just fitness and massage, because yeah. I, I want to do anything and everything. But um, when it came to, um, when I was growing up, I took jazzercise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think that was, and I did a little bit of gymnastics. Um, you know, my mom didn't have a lot of time to like, she, she worked in another town. And so there wasn't a lot of time to like take me to practices and like yeah. pay for this or that. So I got little like hints of it here and there, but a lot of like dance stuff that I do now um, comes from me dancing in my bedroom comes from me like pretending I was like you know they have those dance movies like dance uh, I don't know step up and shit like that right. I used to watch that stuff and I thought it was the coolest stuff ever like I love that I wanted to be a performer I wanted to dance I wanted to look beautiful and right. you know just hit the beat I've always I've been obsessed with beat drops and like how you can marry movement to music and um and also how you can marry movement or um, music to words. Like there's just a, it's not just a tune and some words. It is a expression. It's a creation. It's a feeling. And that's, and I think that's why I'm so in love with the mace. I mean, I, I, mean, I know that's why I'm so in love with the mace yeah. is because it's a movement. Not only is it a movement with your body and your soul, you have a tool to like feed into that and to accentuate what you're trying to get across and convey 
and um, <clears throat> and it also works you out at the same time because it's that just that added extra load. Um, <clears throat> but for yeah, for the dance stuff, I really it was me watching YouTube videos. It was me uh, trying to emulate moves. So I would go and watch um, Step Up and watch one little diddly of and be like, okay, I can do that. Okay, so you put that foot there, this foot there, and then bam, arms. <laughs> and uh, that's how that's how that came about with the dance stuff. I mean, it was never really any like, um, I, I never took ballet classes or anything like that. I just really like to point my toes and it look pretty and right. pivoting. Obviously, I really like to move in a circle. And mm -hmm. sometimes it drives me crazy with my mace flow. I'm like, can you stop moving in a circle? Can you like do something different? Come on. And I remember talking to Mike Bledsoe about it. And I was like, yeah, I always move in a circle. Or I do like this scoop water under switch, 360 mil. And like it's still, it's a circle within a circle. Right. And it just, um, and he goes, well, that's the way like everything moves in a circle. Like the earth moves in a circle. Like it's just that's how it is kind of like something along those lines. And I was like, well, that makes sense. I was like, that's cool. Cause that means I'm in touch with nature. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I, I have to justify everything I do. I don't mm -hmm. know. But um, yeah, it's still my slow for me has been a huge bringing together of all the things that I love. I love fitness. I love to dance. I love to be wild and express myself. I love to dress up. I like to do my hair and make it all warrior esque. Um, I like to feel tough and strong and pretty and all of that I can do with my mace. You know, the mace is black and it's a piece of steel. So already that's kind of hardcore. Yeah. And then to add like movement to it and you add a badass song, like, fuck yeah. But I mean, it's more than that. That's like, it's like surface level shit to me. You know, it's yeah. like the workout stuff is great. I love what I do. I love coaching. Um, I teach. <clears throat> about four classes a week right now and it's steel mace kettlebell and body weight and that's for black swan yoga that's their hot on it class and those are great um it's awesome to get like to me my classes are kind of like a concert um because i get to control the lighting the the temperature of the room the sound and what everyone's doing and so there's something about getting people to move together and getting them to be on beat you know, it's like if we're doing high knees, I have a song exactly for like the cardio base part of it, getting everyone warmed up, getting them shaken loose out of their bodies and awake. And then, um, you know, we bring it back down. I give them the work and then it's like, all right, bringing the beat back up again. It's like, you know, verse, chorus, verse. And it's it's so much fun. Yeah. And um yeah, and, and, and the meat and like throughout it all too, it's like I'm doing <laughs> some strong coach Tony Robbins type shit and I'm telling you things. Yeah. I'm telling you things that you may need to hear or you may want to hear, you know, and so it gets people's gets people's ears perked and it starts getting them to think. And and that's the rewarding part is when I have people come up to me in class and say, Thank you so much for what you said in the class today. Like I needed the movement. I didn't want to get up out of bed. And also what you said, like I've been going through that. And I I really needed to hear about that. Like the first time I talked about my anxiety and depression in class, I was like freaking out because I didn't you know, it's like, oh, I don't want people to know I'm damaged or like right. I'm, I'm, you know, everyone thinks I'm cool and I'm strong and I'm badass. Well, all the cool and strong and badass people more than likely at one point or are going through anxiety and depression because right. of something. They came out the other side. They are strong, cool, badass. And where they are is because they chose to handle it and they chose to face it, and not be afraid of it and share it with other people. Like, that's the point. Yeah. That's the point of all the shitty stuff that you've been through. Yes. Yes. If you can't, right. you know, if you, and like, cause I remember sitting there one day and like kind of just to give a little, add a little context to this story. Um, I grew up in a very um, confusing situation. I was raised by my godparents and they did take care of me. They did love me. I was included, but at the same time, uh, like on the underbelly of it, what you didn't see was like sexual abuse and a lot of like nasty shit and and I just and it started at such a young age I just thought that's how life was supposed to be like I thought it was normal for these things to happen to me or normal for me to have to do certain things and so um <clears throat> and 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 it wasn't and like that's just not how it was and so like looking at it now is like I was thinking about all that stuff and I went, huh, like, what's the point? You know, I, I had to like have this moment, this come to Jesus moment with myself about um, last year and recognize that the thing that was really holding me back was I was refusing to address my past. 
and refusing to say that that was wrong, what had happened to me. And it happened for a the majority of my life. Yeah. So for the majority of my life, I was living a different reality. Matter of fact, now currently I still slightly am. Um, and I'll, and I'll explain what that means. Um, but I was like, what was the point of all of that shit? Like, why am I here? Yeah. What is the point? Like I, there, there has to be something that I can cling to at least to get me through this. So I don't end my life. And it was, to give back to others yeah, and to show and to tell others that like you can make it out the other side, right. no matter what happens, you can experience loss. You can experience abuse. You can want to kill yourself. You can try to kill yourself. And I'm being blunt because people need to hear it like this mm-hmm. there. You can't, there's no, there's no like scooting around these, these topics. They're very serious and I take them very seriously. And I want people to know that I've been through a lot of stuff and I made it out the other end and I'm becoming successful. I am successful and it's growing and your story doesn't define you. It's a piece. It's the past. It happened. And it's time for you to recognize that it happened and it's time for you to move up and away from it. And you can not by ignoring it, but by going back and like, Hey, I know this happened to me. I see this. I recognize this. Like I understand myself so much more and why I do what I do, like habits, why I I would like hide things or not have issues speaking or coaching is because of like how I was raised. And I'm not using it as an excuse to be like, oh, I can't do that because, you know, my mommy and my daddy didn't love me type of thing. Right. I I have to explain it to myself. I have to recognize it so that I don't do that habit anymore or so I can break it and re um, reprogram myself in a sense, you know, and um, that's why I do what I do because you can make it out and you can address your past and you can use fitness. You can use, I mean, it doesn't have to be fitness. You know, it doesn't have, that doesn't have to be the thing that gets you out of your angst and depression or whatever you're going through. But for me, that was the thing because it wasn't just working out. It was like all of these things that I loved and I was able to put it in one and I was able to get not only an emotional and spiritual release, but a physical release too. Those endorphins got kicked off and I feel better every single time. So it's one of those like, you know, like Leo says, the mace saved his life. And while he did do the work, I mean, we could say that we put in the work, the mace helped us or whatever, but I I, I do like to say the mace saved my life. I really do. Because when I look at how much my life changed when I picked up the mace, um, it's insurmountable how much shit has changed. It's wild, especially because it's only happened in the last three years. I've, I've only been swinging mace for three years. Right. And the first, and the first year to me wasn't, I was like, that wasn't even that serious. I was still learning stuff when I was in school. So it was like back and forth, you know, um, more towards like fall 2017 is where shit got real. That's and then I, yeah. And then I went and took the on it foundations certification, which is like their, their entry level. So where you get to learn, you get every single tool in your hand, you get mace, you get kettlebell, you get battle rope, sandbag rings, um, clubs and, um, God, I will never forget the first time walking through those doors. It was, it was like walking into the superhero's lair <laughs> is the best way I can describe it because you watch these people online, you know who they are. Um, <clears throat> like primal soldier, John Wolf, um, Eric Milland, Aaron furry, like these people in my mind are legends because of what they can do. You know, they're superheroes in the fitness community, especially in the unconventional because they're doing cool stuff and they're getting kind of hated on here and there and, and they have their own tribe. So to like, and you know, and my coach is like homies with these people. I'm like, my coach is cool, you know? (laughs) So we walk through the doors and it's just like, Whoa, you know, like it's, it's like, um, it's like a jungle because everyone's off in their own little corner doing their thing like you there's primal off in the corner just like slinging bells and stuff and like i was just like oh my god there's so much to intake there's so much to take in it was beautiful and after leaving that weekend of getting such supreme and amazing coaching i it was and it was like i'm I'm like i'm speechless still whenever i talk about it i get so excited and now i get to train here i get to train there every day um 
but I left with fire in my belly. And that was the first time I realized, especially with the Mason, what Leo was doing and what I was doing, that I could be something more. And I tell people that it was the first time that I believed in myself to do something that I'd never thought possible. You know, like for me teaching classes, I taught maybe one or two classes a week back then. And um, it wasn't like a serious gig. Like I was going to be a massage therapist, teach a couple classes here and there. I lived in northern New Mexico at the time. I was going to be a mom, um, a family person, like get married. And that was going to be life, you know. And then the universe said, surprise, we're going to drop this in your lap and see what you do with it. Well, I ended up ending my relationship. And then four months, four or five months later, moved to Austin and just started, just jumped right in, you know? So coming from being a small town country kid who came from abuse and like getting lost in music and nature and fitness to uh, comfort herself, moving into this big city and knowing two people and trying to build a business and become a better coach and be successful and only have been a coach for not a very, very long time um, is, is, is a huge success for me. Like if I had to leave Austin now, I'd still say that I, I was successful because of how much growth I've had as a person and also how much I've impacted people here. Cause I know I have. And they've impacted me. Those relationships, those moments of thank you for what you say, thank you for what you do, and those hugs and that meaning, the meaning behind it all <clears throat> is priceless. And um, yeah, so if I had to end my journey here in Austin, I'd say it's one hell of a success. Is it going to end? Hell no. We got way more work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. We want to see what else you got cooking. So I'm sure many great things are going to come. But this is all just really interesting stuff that you're talking about. I mean, just just the idea that in just such a short time, too, and, you know, you're talking about the relationships and, and those moments. That's that's like a true measure of wealth, too. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> don't get caught on – I'm not speaking to you specifically, but to yeah, people yeah, listen. Yeah. Don't get caught up on just uh, chasing dollars, right? You got to chase your passion, what what feels good in your heart, and then look at the relationships you start creating because you're doing something positive, right? Now you have positive Mm -hmm. relationships in your life. Man, there are people walking around. They don't have a good friend to to reach out to. They're disconnected from their families and stuff like that. That's like huge right there. Then you have a support group that whatever endeavor comes next for you, those people are Mm -hmm. there, right? And you feel, yeah. and I guess you feel more empowered because of that. Now you're more daring. So mm-hmm. are you uh, working on anything new um, as far as your coaching is concerned? Or are you, are you adding anything different to it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more coaching for one. Um, this year um, feels like it was very heavy with massage. And so that's where like, I'm still working on finding a balance between the two um, because I do love being a massage therapist. Um, There's something about that side of it that is truly magical as well. Um, And I am a healer. I'm I'm a healer on many different levels. And this is one of them. This was the first level for me. Um, So taking a a little bit of a step back there um, to work on the coaching so I can make more room for the type of massage that I want to do, if that makes sense. Um, so projects that I'm working on, I'm going to add another class to my schedule. And I want to do something. Um, I want to start blending the conventional with the unconventional. Like I've been playing with mace and dumbbells mm-hmm. or dumbbells and body weight and um, seeing how the two can come together and make a decent workout. And they do. They work. I mean, you can pretty much make any tool work out. If you know, if you can find a perfect way to pattern it into your workout. Um, and so there is that little bit more in-person training, um, more steel mace flow. Um, Leo's taking a step back in teaching the level ones, which opens the door for myself and our other Savage Six coaches to attack that and yeah. crush it. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited and slightly bummed um, because I've only taught with Leo 
And, you know, it was at first it was, you know, teaching with my coach, then it was teaching with my homie, then it was teaching with my honey. And, you know, I like that. Yeah. I like, I love that we get to travel together and I love getting to teach by his side and I learn something every single time, you know? And so, um, it's, it's one of those, it's like, I don't want it to end, but also it's like, I know I need to like spread my little wings and fly to, yes. to help grow the company as well. So, yes. um, yeah, I'm excited for that. And, um, you know, it just, it's great because it takes, um, some responsibility off of his plate for that stuff. And then puts him exactly where he needs to be as the, um, the CEO or the, the creator is he needs more time to create. You know, and so if I can, if I can do that for him and give him that creation time, then hell yeah, I'm going to do it because yeah. all of this came from him. So, and it's, and it's beautiful. Like the level two stuff that he's working on, you know, he's been going back and forth about like releasing it. And, and I like that because it means it's special and we all know it's going to be special, but for him, it's on a different level. Like it doesn't, he just doesn't want to release something and it be decent or good like it's got to be out of this world crush it especially because there's now like our community is huge yeah. you know it started out with a, a few people and then it was like you know someone would get attacked and it would be like a big deal mm -hmm. and you know only like leo was the only one like standing up for people and and that takes a toll on a person yeah. versus now you know, we, there was, I think there was something like a few weeks back where someone was like getting hated on. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have this whole crowd. It's like, you're surrounded yeah. and yeah. it's cool to watch. It really is. And everyone supports each other. They take care of each other. They watch out for each other and they do it for the most part in a very positive way. And, and that's all that I've ever wanted. You know, it's like, it, it would frustrate me and it would get me upset because it's like, guys, this is not how we should be treating each other. This is not how we should be talking to each other. Like this is, this is common courtesy. You know, you don't like there's, there's shit talking in every type of sport Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. And, that, and that's just part of it. Does that mean we just give up and let it happen? No, right. you know, and that's part of being a leader just because you are not someone that's in a power position or has a program or is teaching or whatever. That doesn't mean that you are not a leader. The first person you lead is yourself. So therefore you are a leader. And so, and you can be a leader in the community by taking a stand or by putting your best self first. Like, even if you choose not to partake in it, that is still leading with integrity. Yeah. You are setting an example, example right. and um, yeah. And so the steel mace flow will continue to evolve and grow. I want to do, we, you know, we want to do retreats and, um, things like that. I mean, anything, anything with outdoor and mace and good people and food. I mean, God, who doesn't want to come to that? And music, yes. <laughs> so that, and I'm going to attack the um, the online forum a little bit more. I'm getting ready to start. I don't have a date yet, but I'm going to do something along the lines of a um, holiday accountability challenge. So basically, what it is, it's going to be like a beta for a small group online training. Um, It'll be six weeks. You'll get um, five workouts each week, um, four days on, one day of recovery. Um, it's probably going to involve mace, body weight, either kettlebell or dumbbells. Um, looking for ten people. So, um, and we'll we'll hold. I'll hold space for everybody. You'll have your workouts, and it's not to you know, it's not to lose weight. It's not to get gains. Is that can that happen? Yeah, absolutely. All I want you to focus on is staying moving during the holidays. Um, cause that's the biggest point where you see a lot of people drop off, get frustrated, stress out because of the holidays. And, um, as far as like people, people's like where their mindset is or where they're feeling, there's a lot of tension around the holidays. Yeah. And, and I know for me, uh, I, my relationship with the holiday comes and goes, you know, it's like, some, some years it's better than others, but I just wanted to hold space for other people that might be having a tough time too. At least they have something to look forward to and join each week. They've got a community. They've got someone that they can check in with should they need a little extra support. Um, so yeah, I just want to hold that space for people. Um, and then from there, you know, we're going to take it off next year into some amazing shit, you know, more online, more outreach, um, more certifications, classes, and, um, you know, more education for me always a white belt. Yeah, <laughs> I was in my garage. I was in my garage last night trying to learn how to do a hook grip, you know, for like cleaning the barbell. 
And I was like, yeah. oh God, yeah. this is going to take a minute. My, it was so funny because like my brain operates very well with uh, intricate patterns right. and stuff like that. Like I can pick up a mace pattern pretty quickly, but trying to clean a barbell with my thumbs on the inside versus that full grip, I was like, what? Oh, I gave oh, up. light belt. <laughs> yeah, I tried that myself. I was reading up on hook grip and I'm like, ooh, I got to try this. And man, I, it was just like, you're starting all over again. And that's a yeah. tough feeling, especially when you've been doing something for a while. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to start all over again. I don't want to be back at square one and have to drop weight and almost mm -hmm. relearn a whole thing. But um, the amount that I did practice it, I, I taught myself something. So it's never bad to take a step back, right? Right. Well, and I find, too, because this is what happened with my journey. I got a little stagnant in flow. And I also went through a period of comparing my flows and how I swung mace to other people in the community. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, man, that's, that's like the dumbest thing you've done. Like you're, everyone is different. Yeah. Everyone is different. We all have our own flair. Like you and I could do the same movement and it'd be completely different right. because you are not me and I am not you, yeah. you know? And I flow just got to a point for me where I felt like it was being forced and I felt like I was doing it more for other people and more for their pre uh, to show a presence than myself. And first and foremost, flow always has to be for you. Like that is your personal practice. And the th I didn't want the thing that I loved so much becoming like commercial and just not feeling good, not feeling like I had to go flow. You yeah. don't have to do anything. I, yeah. In your you know, mind, you thought that your audience, I mean, you're still Mace Gypsy and you, mm -hmm. you throw out these awesome flows so maybe mm -hmm. in your mind, it's like, well, I have to put something out because this is what people are expecting. But now you're going, you're trying to be in other people's heads, which is unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not exactly you never know what other people really think. Maybe they actually want to see something different from you. Maybe they mm -hmm. want to see you working out on a beach with a medicine mm -hmm. ball or something. See mm -hmm. what else you could offer rather than just steel mace. Right. Right. And, and it, what it came down to for me is like shying away from it for a little bit, stepping away was okay. And also I realized that like this identity that I had created, like I had created it to be authentic and, and I didn't like actually be like, okay, I'm going to create like myself a new identity. No, this is just, this is a part of me, you know, but I always take time to recognize that like people call me gypsy here. It's, it's the cutest thing ever. Like people in my class, um, other instructors, they, um, some people online just call me gypsy. And I think that's really cool. Um, but to be clear, like gypsy has a name and her name is Serena and, and gypsy isn't just like an alter ego or something. That's a part of me. It just evolved. Right. Um, but still, when you take on the identity of a word, um, it can change you over time. And that's like, it's a repetitiveness. It's just like creating new neural pathways in the brain. Right. It takes time, but it's that repetitiveness of people saying it or doing something. And so what is a gypsy, but a wanderer and someone that is kind of an outcast and stays to herself or stays to their selves. And, um, you know, I, I became cognizant of that because that has been my personality. And that's why I got the name Gypsy. Like Gypsy came before Steel Mace Gypsy. Um, that was back in the day when I was like, I had gotten fired from my office job, which I was so thankful for. I was in property management for like three or four years and I was an assistant manager. So I had to deal with money and take payments and evict people and all of that. And it was awful. I hated it. Yeah. And so I, they fired me and I was like, thank God. Um, which was funny because I have always been like scared. I was, I never wanted to be fired from a job because I thought that was such a terrible thing. Like it looked bad on me. Right. I was, I was young and yeah. silly. Um, but, you but were I was like, I'm not, huh? You were afraid to quit though, right? Yeah. You, you hated yeah, well, it. But you, 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 I hated it. But, but by being fired, you were released from your prison. So yes. look how we make our own little prison into our, mm -hmm. onto ourselves and then we're afraid to break out of it you know mm -hmm. so thank god you got fired because who knows yes. what trajectory you would have taken then 
And you know yes. what? Another thing, too, is a lot of the most famous people that have done ridiculously awesome things have been fired with from a bunch of jobs in their lives. And, mm -hmm. and like you just said, that's a that looks like a bad thing. Well, look, they're like CEOs of like multi-million dollar companies and stuff like that. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah. And so, it. like, I mean, I did I did the um, I was like, I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to take the summer and see what happens. Like I was going to get unemployment. So I was like, fuck it. Like. You can just nurse off the government for a little bit. You can be that person. It's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. And, um, yeah. So, and, and I mean, I picked up odd end jobs here and there. Like I would clean houses. I would help buck hay and stuff. Um, cool. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of know my way around the country just a little bit. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and it was the best summer of my life. Like I had so much fun. I drank so much beer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and, and I, and I, that's where I took the summer and the summer ended by me driving my friend to Oregon. Um, we, we drove to Oregon seaside, which is like on the very edge there. Um, in like 23 hours, we were so dead tired, but it was, I came back and I started a job at a cafe. And then shortly after that started massage school so shortly after that, um, found the mace. You know, so people, but people had started calling me gypsy because I was like, they never knew where I was. I was always in a different city or right. I was always like on a different farm or doing something. And so that's where that name come from, came from. And I, I mean, I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. You know, that's neat. Um, uh, gypsy is actually a derogatory term uh, yeah. for the Romani people. Right. I know. Yeah. And, um, and I remember having a conversation with somebody about that and they're like, Oh, it's a derogatory term. And you're, you're like representing that. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to represent that. Absolutely. I'm going to represent and I'm going to use that name and I'm going to take it and own it because I'm representing a suppressed people. Mm -hmm. And what have I felt my, almost my entire life suppressed, right. outcast, um, not belonging, just like those people. So yeah, I'm going to take that name. And I'm going to take it and make it represent something freaking badass, yeah. an outcast, suppressed person that rose just yeah. like they did. And so that's my, that's kind of like my rebuttal when people are like, Oh, that's a slang term. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know. It's great. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. And I love what you're doing with the whole thing. You have written your own story, which is what everybody should do. And you made it. It's a magnificent story, right? You're talking about rising up, Right. Like a lot of people mm -hmm. just live their life sort of in this routine. Nothing special seems to ever be happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like a like almost like their blinders are up and they just don't see the world. And, and if you actually no matter what your routine is, if you actually write your own story and pretend mm -hmm. like for a second, like it's like a crazy action movie that you just saw or something like with a crazy script, write that script for yourself because mm -hmm. life is precious. Every second of it is precious, Write mm -hmm. The most magnificent story. I, yeah, I'm a stay home mom. I wish I could be doing something else, but man, you're a stay home mom. You're taking care of kids. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're seeing to the family, you're nurturing them. This is huge. Make it yes. huge. Uplift yourself and then live in that positive moment. And then mm -hmm. you could springboard off of that. And that's what you're mm -hmm. doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, your story is your own and you can make it however you want to make it. And, and that's one thing I, you know, I, I want people to understand too, is um, just because you're not out there doing what you doing something you may think is like amazing and grandiose. Like, I think it's amazing that there are moms that stay at home and take care of their children. Yeah. You know, I, um, just to touch on that because motherhood is very near and dear to me. I do want to be a mom at some point. Um, and I was a stepmom for a while and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. You know, that child changed my life. That relationship changed my life in such a way that like, I real, it, I realized I could be a mom. And I also realized how fucking hard it is yeah. <laughs> and, and how much you're, you want to pull your hair out at times, yeah. you know, like I, I, I dove in deep to that. And, um, would I ever nurture somebody else's child like that again? Yes. And no, because it was very, very hard for me to come out of. It was very, very hard for me to walk away, um, oh. from this little boy, yeah. um, for, fitness, like for my own career, right? you know, um, I felt very guilty because I was, he had, he had gone through something like his parents had gotten a divorce and it was very hard on him. So he was acting out in school. And so I would go and sit with him in class. I would, we would get up in the morning 
I would take him to school. I would go park the car and I'd go and sit with him. Cause like he, he couldn't be like, he couldn't be left alone. Cause he started just being a little shithead. He was six. He's so cute. Yeah. Um, but I sat there day in and day out with him for about a good month or so um, from eight to two. Then I would go to work, work three to 10 and then come home. And so like, we were very much bonded on a different level. Yeah. You know, I was able to get through to him and help him and, and between him and then his parents and I and his grandma, like his things started straightening out, but like we were homies, like he was my little buddy. So to have to have that conversation with him and tell him that like I'm moving out and leaving, like was one of the hardest things of my life. And I still do harbor a little guilt about it. Like it's, it is hard for me to talk about. Um, and it's, but I, I, I get to, and I have to, um, and to let people know that there are very, everyone has different goals in life. And if that's your goal in life is to be a mom and stay at home and take care of your kids, then fuck. Yeah. Because yeah. we need more of you. Yeah, we do. Like we do. Yeah. Like there needs to be, or if like a mom wants to be a mom and still like own her career, then there needs more help, more of that, that, that tribe, you know, like right. see, it takes a village to raise a tribe yeah. or it takes a, you know, it, yeah, it, it takes, takes a, a village to raise a child. It right. does take a village to raise a tribe too. Y'all yeah, take either care way. of each other. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, and it, there, there, something needs to change there, you know, as far as like, that's, that's where, where does, where does all this bad shit happen to us that affects us in adulthood, childhood? Yeah. Like, what are the things that like, whenever people go to therapy or they go to retreats, what do they talk about? Right. My mommy and daddy didn't love me or we didn't have this, or I saw my mom and dad do that. Right. So, I mean, addressing how children are raised or not even that, it's just getting more support for the parents and getting more support in the school systems and things like that. I don't know how it's going to happen, but like, that's one of my back in plans. Right. So like, where do I go from all of this? Like, am I just going to keep teaching fitness and doing massage for the rest of my life? Well, no. Um, the cool thing too, about moving here to Austin is I've finally figured out what I'm going to do in like the next 10 years or so, which is a lot more than I've ever done before. Usually it's just like, I think I'm going to be doing this again by the end of next year. You know, now I have more of a, um, defined clear path and that is the personal development stuff. Yeah. And, um, so my plan is to do more online coaching. I'm uh, strong coaching as well. Like one of my goals is to work for the strong coach. Yeah. And then I'm taking a, I'm doing a retreat called training camp for the soul. Um, I leave Thursday and it's all about the inner work. And um, where is that? Uh, it's in Idlewood, California. Nice. And it's going to be led by uh, a lady named Anat Perry and Mike Bledsoe. And um, so it's five days. And, um, I'm going to handle some shit. Like I'm going to tear open my chest. Here's my heart. Here's all the stuff. And we're going to just pull it all out. You know, it's, it's going to be great. It sounds like you're actually like anxious just to do that. Like you want to do it. Like you're into the yes. idea, right? That, that, yes. That's an amazing feeling when you could just put your shit out there and not worry about being judged. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm very much past the point of being judged. Yeah. Like it's, it's you, I, and I hope everyone gets to this point or at least, or figures it out before they have to get to this point. Cause it's like, I'm so tired of like having the same stories play over and over in my head and like paralyze me to where I can't do things during the day or where I like have a shitty attitude towards people. And I don't know why, well, I, I, now I know why, you know, and I want to get some tools and get it out there and tell my entire story and handle my shit yeah you know yeah. does is it gonna make me fixed is it gonna make me perfect absolutely not i don't want it to be but i do want it to i want clarity and nice. i want to be at a point where it's like 110 percent. i believe in myself i got myself even if something pops in hey we're gonna we're gonna handle it and also be able to reach out for support too and and constantly know that i'm not alone yeah um and we and we never are right we, even if it's a complete stranger that we talk to on a phone at midnight on a hotline, you're not alone. It's better to talk to someone and you're not talking to someone so they can help you or so they can give you advice. You're talking to someone so you can expel that nastiness that's in your head, that goop, that evil crap that we know doesn't benefit us. You're talking that out of you, right? you know, and, and they're listening half the time when I would go through stuff and I would need to talk, it was because 
I just needed to get it out. You know, like that whole get it off your chest. Yes, right. Yeah. Not necessarily uh, looking for an answer. You're just looking for mm -hmm. somebody to to maybe listen to you and just yeah, just share. You want to be heard. Heard. And someone right. to be like, damn, you know what? I get that, and that does suck. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's all we need just to get through that moment. This for me, training camp for the soul is to do that um, on steroids <laughs> and get response back and get a put tools in my toolbox um, because and that's and that's all it really is with life is like the education that you get. They're just tools in the toolbox. Right. You know, this these are like the super tools. You know, this is the big freaking this is the big gun that has the nine inch penny nails and you're just going to shoot them just to put your house back together. And it's going to put your house back together in such a solid foundation that no wind, no earthquake, no nothing is going to come and blow that house down or at least blow the foundation down. You can blow it down to the very foundation and I can still rebuild Nice, yeah, you know, because nice. I built a solid foundation. And that's what I'm doing now is tearing everything down in a way, examining it, looking at it and then putting it back together. And that's what training camp is for. And so by doing all of that, and getting the experience of coaching people one-on-one -on -one through the strong coach, it's going to open me up to be the next Anat Perry, which Anat is the, is the main facilitator of training camp for the soul. And what she does to people as far as like help them is unreal. Um, I had an opportunity to have a short little session with her while I was in California for the strong coach summit, which was a three day event put on by strong coach. And they went through basically like the modules of their, um, of their program. And one of them was the personal development. And we had to write what was in our head. And I talked about me feeling suicidal, you know? And so she took me up there in front of like, I don't know, it's like maybe 60 people. And I sat in a chair and she made me close my eyes and we started talking about my mom and she had me regress back to a child and um, do like a, an exercise to where, you know, I was bawling my eyes out in front of 60 people. Didn't even wow. care yeah, because I knew that was, in order to help myself, you got to do the things that are the most uncomfortable to right. get you where you need to be. And um, just the experience that I had with her and the realization that like I can nurture myself because the whole thing that was coming down to it was like my mom left me and she didn't take care of me and I felt alone and all I wanted to do was have her around and play. And, um, and Anat was like, you can do that. You can do that now. And you get to take care of yourself. You're an adult now. That little girl is still in you. And you get to take care of that little girl. And I was like, oh, holy moly. Like all of this trifle, all of this strife because of like one thought in my head. And it was eliminated in 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, so that's, and that was a huge part that sold me on it, I suppose. Not that I needed selling, not that they're trying to sell it on you, because when it comes to your personal development, you, you, you're the person that chooses it. That's how it's going to stick. You know, if someone's like, Hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do this and try to get you to do it or make you do it. Yeah. You might gain some things through it, but chances are, it's not going to stick. Right. It's got to be because you that, didn't choose it. Yeah. You have to choose it and you want to do it. And then you're, you're, you're empowering yourself to, mm -hmm. to proceed down that way. That's, this is amazing stuff that I, I have witnessed uh, little bits and pieces from you and your Instagram stories and all that stuff. And I, that's why I was so excited to get you on the podcast today and capture where you're at in your stage of development. You know, this, this podcast is really big on that. And this is where I've been trying to um, get the, the audience to, you know, get this information from coaches such as yourself. Yeah. Um, so, every, you know, we're, we're all going to be looking forward to this as you progress. And um, before we go, can you just give us all the contact info of how to reach you? And, and are you doing anything online yet or that hasn't quite kicked off yet? Um, I'm already accepting one-on-one um, -on -one clients for online. So if you want to train anything and everything, primarily I like online for the steel mace and the body weight. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, we can talk. Let's talk. Let's see what you want to do and let's make it happen. Um, easiest way to get a hold of me is IG at Steel Mace Gypsy, um, or you can find me on um, Facebook, Serena Elizabeth. Um, but IG is going to be the best way to hit me up. So. 
Um, yeah. So online training, or um, I'm looking to mentor some coaches through the Steelmace Flow Level One program. Um, so let's get, uh, DM me for that. Let's talk about getting you certified as a coach, and you will have me as your mentor through the program. And how cool would that be? I wish <laughs> I had that op- option for when I went through it, but you guys weren't yeah. doing that yet. I would have definitely loved to have one of you coaches as part of it. Um, it took me a while to hammer through it by myself, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, people got to jump on that because that's a, a great added feature. So Serena, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and, uh, you're always welcome to come back anytime you want, talk about anything else that you got going on. The, the whole steel maze thing is you starting to erupt like a volcano and we're just tapping into the energy and loving it as it's going. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for everything. I'm, uh, this, this podcast is dope and I'm, I'm really glad to that not only myself, but everyone else has this platform to come onto and kick it with. Also, I just want to comment and say, I love all of your art in the background. And is that Jason Momoa behind your head? It is right there. Oh, yeah. That's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the podcast uh, studio is shaking hands with him. Uh, his name is uh, Ming Chen. <laughs> right on yeah Yeah, thank you so much for everything i really appreciate it and um yeah definitely would love to come back on all right great Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon take care sweet